And it's time now for our good friend Al Bat to join us somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota. Good morning, Al. Hey, good morning. Man, what a beautiful day out there. And I'm going to be stuck in the house because it's a big day. I have to uh, charge my Fitbit today. <laughs> so that's going to eat up most of my time. And because uh, you want to do it properly. And well, is it because you can't walk if it's not charged up because then it won't properly measure your steps? So you don't want to mess it, that up? That's, yeah, it's exactly right. I, uh, I've. Uh, I I like the Fitbit, you know, and I'm kind of if you can become addicted to something like that, I'm uh, I am a uh, step person, which doesn't mean that I'm uh, remotely related to everybody, <laughs> but I just I, I like putting on steps. And like my dad said, if you like birds, you'll never be bored a day in your life, and I found out that if I n- need to get steps, I'm never bored because I can I can go to the mall where I don't oh you know bless all the people that work in the mall and everything but I don't always want to be there I want to be elsewhere and I can just walk so it's uh, it's been a blessing uh, I enjoy it I want to say thank you to everybody at First Presbyterian Church of Mankato the staff of Freeborn Mauer Electric Cooperative on their Wellness Day and to the Oatana Women's Club for allowing me to uh, speak to those wonderful, wonderful groups. I enjoyed the Wellness Day at uh, Freeborn Mauer. They do it every year on President's Day and they bring in all their staff and they just try to teach them things they can do about, uh, you know, being healthier people. So it's nice that they take that time. And they feed them a huge breakfast, so they get them off to maybe that's the only meal they're supposed to eat that day, but they were (laughs) eating well at breakfast, I saw. I saw a murder of crows. I don't know how many of them there were. They were swaggering, swaggering across my lawn. And I, birds are captivating. A bird doesn't look good wearing a cape, so it's incapable of being a superhero, but it comes close by making my day. Uh, small creatures have big adventures. An exhibitor, a cooper's hog, visited the feeder and created a hostile work environment here. I've been seeing, uh, on my drive to Mankato on Sunday, I didn't see any kestrels, but on the way back, probably around noon or so, I saw three American kestrel males on utility wires. And a male has a rusty back, blue wings, and a rusty colored tail with a black terminal band, where the female has rusty wings, and the back and tail are rusty also and marked with black barring. So if you see, they're really small, I know, but if you can get a good look at one, blue wings are on the male, not on the females. And most kestrels migrate, but some males are year-round residents. And why do they stay? Because they want to be on that territory and protect it. And experts are uncertain of the origin of the name Kestrel. And I shouldn't say they're uncertain, because some of them are real certain they got it right, of course. But it uh, might be related to a French word that means rattle. There's also a Latin word that means small rattle. And uh, there's another one that, oh, I don't remember where it was from, but it meant noisy bell or rattle. And there's another, yet another one that means crackle or rattle. So they're all fairly close to the same meetings. It could be imitative of its call. 
kestrels hunt for small prey and open territory, so they're eating a lot of insects and mice and voles and things. They like grasshoppers. I watched one one summer eating an earthworm, but they like to perch on wires or hover while facing into the wind. And they're just, uh, there are smallest falcon and they are lovely beyond belief i watched a coyote if coyotes could fetch a stick and slobber on a tennis ball i think they'd be widely loved we just say oh you know i just love that coyote uh tim scott sent me a couple things from the national geographic it said light green long winged and roughly the size of the playing card the luna moth is a striking creature it's a clever one too Luna moths flutter their wingtails to throw incoming bats off target, often diverting attack. And there was a story also that Tim sent along about bat love songs, and it was based on the silver-haired bats that were actually not just echolocating, they were singing. So they were singing to a prospective mate. So even bats are out there singing. Uh, Roger Davidson sent me an article from the Wall Street Journal about Flacco. Flacco? And Flacco is an orange-eyed Eurasian eagle owl who has become a New York celebrity. He escaped a zoo, and boy, it'd be a year ago now. I'm sure it was in February, and he's turned Central Park into his home. So he's drawn binocular-toting crowds who just, they want to get out there. I talked to one guy one day, said he bought binoculars just so he could go to Central (laughs) Park and look for this owl. And uh, I said, well, you can use them for other things. Oh, yeah, I probably will. But he... uh, He's trying to make it in the big city. You know, how many TV shows have been made about somebody moves to New York and just tries to make it in the big city? But his behavior, Flacco's behavior has shifted. And I might add that an organization I'm involved with that I mention often, the American Bald Eagle Foundation, we were home to a Eurasian eagle owl. Ours was named Hans. And Hans was uh, talkative. He was loud, just constant. He was saying something. Flacco apparently is much quieter, but he has become a true nosy New Yorker, a bit of a hoot and a real owl about town. Uh, Flacco's a gawker. He flies out of Central Park and around Manhattan, and sometimes he stands outside windows with his beak to the glass and his large round eyes peering inside. So he's become a a bit of a window peeker. And uh, the article said a couple people were pretty shocked to all of a sudden turn around and see this huge owl staring in at them. Uh, Mark Sorensen of Hollandale said there are greater white-fronted geese on Geneva Lake right now. And these are a goose that uh, was called a speckle belly when I was growing up. And they're beautiful geese. He said a lot of Canada geese there, some trumpeter swans, so a bunch of um, waterfowl. You know, waterfowl can come anytime. They like to come when there's some open water. Uh, Brianna Marquart saw a killdeer in Glenville, and I was looking for one yesterday because I thought, boy, I bet there's got to be a killdeer around. Well, I didn't go to Glenville, and there, there was one. Uh, 
Brian Smith saw a cackling goose uh, at the Sleepy Eye Water Treatment Plant. Uh, Bob Williams was in Lesseur County, and he saw a Eurasian collared dove and an eastern bluebird. Chad Hines in uh, Blue Earth County saw a sharp shin hawk and a merlin, and I saw a sharp shin hawk in uh, in Blue Earth County in Mankato. It's uh, the street I came in to go downtown. I don't even know what street it was. You know, you drive the same street always, and you say, "Oh, where road is that?" I don't know. But there was one chasing birds in a lawn, and they all went flew into an arborvitae, and uh, I don't know the, what happened because there was traffic, so I needed to move on. Uh, Michael Atkin, and Michael, I know I apologize every time. I hope it's O-E-T-K-E-N, and Michael, I hope I'm close with Atkin. He saw a golden crown kinglet, a tiny, tiny little bird that has a golden crown in Brown County. Uh, Kathy Paulson of Geneva said, we have a bird feeder that resembles a red barn, and the squirrels are able to get up to it and hang by their toenails and are able to steal a little bit of the bird's food and don't have to wait to pick up the scraps off the ground. I have a cross-stitch picture that I made that says, there are no hands so small that they can't make a difference in the world, which I guess works for all creatures here on Earth. Yeah, I guess that's right, the squirrels. Squirrels brighten a day, you know. They they get folks' blood pressure up, and that's probably a good thing, too. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say blood pressure, maybe, well, they do, but heart rate up. They get their heart rate up, so it's probably good exercise. A listener says, I know you've talked about this before, but I can't remember what you said. Why is a turkey called a buzzard? A buzzard is a British name used for a couple of species of hawks. Uh, vultures don't live in northern Europe, so when the settlers from there arrived here, they applied the name buzzard to any large circling bird that they saw. And the misnomer persists in some areas. So uh, I still hear on occasion people say buzzard, but they they are not really. But I don't. They're not offended if you call them a buzzard. There was the Atlanta vultures. They were a professional indoor football team and a member of the, what was it, the American Indoor Football, I think was the name of the league. Oh, yeah, that was kind of short-lived, wasn't it? I don't think that's even around, is it? <clears throat> no, they they lasted one year. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what year it was, but... Uh, you know, a turkey vulture, they look so big. I got a call from someone said uh, last summer they were landing in a cemetery and they spent the night in a t- big tree there. And, uh, she was worried that they might be breaking the branches and stuff, and I, I don't think it's a real big problem there. A turkey vulture weighs three to five pounds maybe, so it would take a lot of them on a branch to break it. Uh, a listener says, Al, why is Iowa the Hawkeye state? Oh, gosh, you know, a Minnesotan answering a question about (laughs) Iowa needs to really tread softly here. There's two versions, and I have my own version, but one version states that it was a guy by the name of James G. Edwards who began the process by changing the name of his newspaper. It was called the Iowa Patriot, and he changed it to the Burlington Hawkeye. This was back in the 1830s. And he changed it to the Burlington Hawkeye in tribute to his friend, Chief Blackhawk. 
And the second theory is there was a judge at around the same time named David Rohrer who borrowed the name Hawkeye from James Fenimore Cooper's popular novel, The Last of the Mohicans. But I think Nostradamus named it way back. He named Iowa the Hawkeye State way back in 1555. And he named it after the future character Hawkeye in the TV show, My Eyes. So he had predicted that way back then, but I might be wrong. I do know one thing for sure. The nickname was approved by the territorial officials in 1838. And that would have been, I think, like eight years before Iowa became a state. So they were the Hawkeye State. I wonder if they were the Hawkeye State or what they were then, the Hawkeye Territory? Hmm. Because they were named, uh, they got their nickname before they were actually a state. So they've been the Hawkeye State forever. and We couldn't imagine them being anything else other than the Hawkeyes. And the... What the mascot for them is Herky, Herky the Hawkeye, I think, for oh. the Iowa Hawkeyes. Why do pigeons bob their heads? Well, they're not the only ones. <laughs> uh, chickens, <laughs> cranes, magpies, uh, little quail, they do too. And studies suggest that birds in motion, so they're walking, they bob their heads to stabilize their visual surroundings. And why would they do that? Well, us, we don't do it. Well, you know, I guess some of us do. Or like, well, I see people walking in the mall, and they're looking for a certain <laughs> store, and they're walking along, and they're bobbing their heads. And, just kinda, and sometimes people have big headphones on. They're bobbing their heads to the music. But we re- re- rely more on our eye movements, not our uh-huh. head movements. So our eyes move pretty well, and we can catch and hold images while we're in motion. A pigeon can't do that. They have to move their head. But what they do when they walk is they try to do the opposite. A pigeon tries to keep its head as stationary as possible so it can Mm. focus on these things. And the head occupies one position, and then the body walks to catch up. So it's, it's kind of a cool walk that they do. The same listener said, why is the plural of mongoose not mongeese? Yeah, I I don't know. The plural is mongooses, I guess, and that's all I could say. But I I think they should be mongeese. And if I ever see a bunch of mongooses in my yard, I'm going to holler mongeese (laughs) and and see if they answer or do anything. Because that just should be the, the name that they go by. How, what, no, I can't read my writing here. I jot things down when people call, and I don't know about you folks, but my penmanship seems to be deteriorating at a rapid rate because I try to abbreviate things because you're talking on the phone. Um, A lady said that she uh, read a book uh, by somebody that I'm very aware of and a wonderful writer, but said in there that the cardinals lay an egg and then they start incubating so when they lay the other they can lay up to maybe five eggs that they all are different ages and it makes problems because the older ones and actual incubation begins on the day that the last cardinal egg is laid to avoid that 
so the clutches can have as little as one and and probably up to five, maybe even more than on occasion. And the female will occasionally sleep on her nest after the second of three eggs is laid. So I suppose it could be a slight difference in that. But for the most part, they all hatch at the same time. Uh, and if it just uh, it makes life a lot easier for a bird. Not all birds do that. Some do start incubating right away, so then they have uh, they'll have birds of all different ages. But boy, it'd just be the poor cardinal. It would be a headache to have them all at different ages. I would think. Yeah, because the big ones would like big brothers and little brothers beat up the little ones. Oh, and then the one would leave the nest early, and it'd be out there on the ground somewhere. So you'd have to go find it and feed it, and then you'd still have. The one in the nest, you know, one will leave early anyway from the nest, even when they're the same age, because they they have personalities. One will be bolder. One will say, you know, I like it here in the nest. I just want to stay with mom and dad. Things are going pretty well, and I might become a drummer in a band someday. <laughs> so I'm just going to stay here and just. So they uh, they will get that going on too, but they will they will be supportive in their move from the nest. The parents will say, you know, you need to get out. It's a wonderful world out here. Look at me. I'm out here. Come on, join me. And the, so and the middle bird will be there trying to create the peace among the differences in the younger <laughs> and the older. I was a middle child, so I know these. Oh, sure. <laughs> I was a baby, and my wife oh. was the, the oldest. So, oh. you know, that's, uh, I, yeah, it, it does there are differences. You yeah. don't think it, growing up, you don't think it makes any difference, you know, what do, but it does. My uh, younger sister would tell you, yes, it does. <laughs> poor it poor does. Cheryl. My yeah. mom always used to say, I don't know why she even talks to you and your older sister. <laughs> Anyhow, hey, I got a, a, a number of uh, texts here that I wanted sure. to make sure we cover before the end of the show. One is from our friend Jack May. Hey, and Jack. Yeah, he said, we're wondering about those artificial owls and stuff like that one hangs that hang he said the fact we love birds notwithstanding does Al have any recommendations for keeping them out of a hoop style shed they are not nesting there but they hang out and also roost on any framework of trucks or machinery that they can and you know what a kind of a mess that leaves these are mostly little birds like sparrows etc yeah it's typically sparrows and starlings that get in there and the the owls my experience with the owls has not been good. No. They just don't, you know, when you first put them up, they might go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to stay away from that. And then, like, two hours later, they say, you know, that thing hasn't <laughs> done anything. I, I'm going to go roost on its head because people have sent me photos of pigeons and everything perched on the head of these things. And I know I've told this story often. I was doing a, a volunteer thing at uh, Cabela's. And people were coming up and asking about binoculars and what kind of bird feeders. And then there were people walking out with these owls, and they'd stop and talk to me. And I'd say, you know, what are you, you just getting them because you enjoy the artwork because they don't work. And so they really? I said, no, they just don't work. Unless you can get so many of them, they will plug the hole so a bird can't get through. Then they would work. So they would take them back, and then the manager of the store came up and talked to me and said, uh, Mr. Bat, you don't completely grasp 
the concept of retail stores. What we're trying to do here is sell things, not not to send people back and not to buy them. So I'm not a big fan. I see them on a lot of decks and things uh, and docks. Both decks and docks seem to attract these things. And I think they do scare other plastic owls away. <laughs> That's about all I can say. And Jack, boy, you know, I was over, I spoke at the uh, Southwest State uh, in Marshall, and they have places where they have problems with starlings. And they, they're playing all these tapes that are supposed to keep them out. And I think one of them was their football field where they had these things playing. So I talked to two of the custodial folks there, and one guy says, oh, yeah, man, those work. They're uh, distress calls. And then I talked to the other guy, and he said, nah, they don't work at all. There's (laughs) birds all over in there. Uh, Jack, if anybody is listening that has a good idea how to keep them out of there, I I do not have a well, good idea. Short of of shutting the doors and stuffing up every hole in the shed, there's yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know that there is much more you can do. No, it's just real hard. And again, boy, if we have the world's smartest listeners, so if anybody has a reason, and I know somebody will say, "Well, get a pellet gun or something out there." Well, you know, you can't. You'd have to spend all your day. <laughs> I have Fitbits to charge and things. I couldn't be standing out there in a the shed with a BB gun all day. Uh, yeah, I don't know of a good reason, Jack, or a good way. I, I know your reasons, but because they do make a mess. They they are pooping machines. Yeah, uh, just, you know, for uh, cats, they've there. People talk about how do you keep cats and stuff out of your garden pots and things. So sometimes they like to dig. They've got some little. They're like little plastic pokey things where you put them on the top. It's like a mulch, except they got plastic things. So they try to to uh, dig. They get pricked. You know, like a sharp little point. So I don't know if you want to put uh, little sharp pointy things because I've seen them on on buildings before to keep birds off where they have a whole bunch of little pokey like nails sticking yes. up. I mean that's an option I suppose but. And that's a good uh, especially to keep them from nesting like oh. uh, pigeons it fills that area and so there's not room for them to nest so that does work for that and then there's people will put up some of the sticky paper and things around but you know it's kind of nasty the poor birds get stuck in it and they can't get away and it it kills them and and that's sad too so you know when Uh, we used to have the those barn swallows used to make those mud nests right over the door when you'd come in the barn under the eaves we just left them but i mean i wonder if they started building them if you tried to keep scraping them down would that make them give up i've never done that but i'm just curious yeah and, and one good way to do that is put up like that uh, plastic, that plastic sticky paper that'll stick to a wall or something. So then they can't build a nest on there because it will find no, no uh, perches, so to speak. Uh-huh. So it'll just lay down. They'll go elsewhere. And uh, it's any like plastic wrap or anything you'll put on there will uh, not allow them to build their mud nests on there. So, and that that does work. All right, Jennifer and Lily have a text here. Hello, ma'am. Please ask the bird guy about squirrel tails. We have a couple of squirrels hanging around our yard with weird tails. One of them is the standard thickness, but super short and nubby. We call him nubs. 
Two more have really skinny tails. They're fluffy, but very thin, like they appear to be the diameter of my thumb. They don't let me get close enough to measure, so I'm estimating from a few feet away. Is there a natural variation in squirrel tails, or are the squirrels mutants of some sort? Thank you, Jennifer and Lily. <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer and Lily. Uh, always great to hear from you. It, it could be, you know, some of it would certainly be genetic. So some have bushier tails than others. And I don't know if it helps them, uh, if it makes them more popular with the the other the sex, if that's a, a good thing. I would think it would be, probably. They want somebody that looks healthy, so a bushy tail is probably a good thing. They could, uh, they do get uh, diseases, you know, not necessarily fatal diseases, but sometimes they'll get, uh, we used to always think of it as mange, but mm -hmm. it could be other things where their tail might become thinner. The one with the stubby tail, uh, that could be a, um, a defect from birth, but it could also be that it lost its tail somehow with uh, whether it was in a, a battle with a predator or it froze, who knows what happened to this poor thing. If they have a stubby tail, uh, they'll probably do fine now, but it makes it uh, it makes it more difficult for them to survive a winter because they use that tail to wrap around them. So it, that's a wonderful observation. And if you'll notice the tails, they can certainly be of different colors as well. So there's a lot of genetic things that go into play there. But that's great, Jennifer and Lily, that you notice those things. Well, my cat, I've got those beautiful black Bombay cats. One of them, she's just a nut. She will jump in the bathtub and she'll chase her tail around and around. And so she has actually uh, pulled the, the hair off the end of her tail so it's shorter. And all, uh -huh. now you can see this white little nub where the hair used to be. So maybe the squirrels are weird like her and <laughs> chase their tails. I don't know. Just and they do chase one another, you know. There are battles, and if you're running, I imagine the squirrel is chasing you. It could take a nip out of your tail, too. <laughs> so it's just uh, until one of the squirrels writes their book, we'll never know what happened to some of those tails. But there certainly is a great deal of difference in squirrels, and if you get the squirrels that come in your yard, unless you get like 35 of them, if you just get a few, after a while, you can kind of say, well, that's, that's Herb, I noticed, because he has the one little ear. It's just a little shorter than the other one. So we can uh, tell which squirrel is the most aggravating at our feeders. Okay, Rich has a joke for Al. Perfect, Rich, thanks. You might get this, I don't know. Uh, what, I doubt it. Uh, I did, actually. What do golfers and cats have in common? What do golfers and cats, they both uh, have something to do with sand, I suppose, sand traps, uh, something like that. Am I close? No. They're both trying no. to get a birdie. Oh, well, of course they are. Gosh, Rich. Someday I, I did get one. I remember it was seven years ago in March. I got one, and I... I I had it framed, and all it says is I got one right on KMSU. But it's still, it, you know, when I'm having a rough day, I just look at that frame and see that, and it it perks me right up. So, but thanks, Rich. I I love I love jokes. I, I've told. Uh, I know often. I, I spent some time in a hospital, and the guy that cleaned my room would come in each day, and uh, I wasn't doing real well, and he would tell me a dad joke. Aww. And his wasn't funny like yours, Rich. They were just the dumbest <laughs> jokes. I don't know where he got them. 
Uh, if he had daughters, I can only imagine how far their eyes would roll around in their head because they were not funny, and he made me laugh every day. And I, I, I tried to thank him that I just appreciated that because some days you need a laugh. Well, here's another one then. John in New Ulm. This is almost comedy by John. He said, I tried to pay for my gas at the pump, but it wasn't working, so I went inside to find out if there was a problem with the pump. The employee took a look at my card. Problem was with my library card. <laughs> he said, don't you hate it when you, when you wish your I was invisible button isn't working? <laughs> yes. I, do it's it. a terrible country, John, that we're not allowed to use our library cards at the gas pump. <laughs> I, it's just, yeah, I, I can imagine doing that, John. So I've, I've met a lot of people have done something similar where you just can't understand why something's not working. And, well, that's good. The main thing is that we're willing to share it with others. So yeah. the, then we, uh, the rest of us idiots know that we're, I'm not saying you're an idiot, John, but the rest of us probably are, and we know that we're not alone then out there, that we can make those same mistakes. <laughs> See, you should take all these jokes that we get over the years, and you could have a bo- another book, Al. That's what I think We could put out a book, yes. Yeah. We, we just say, and you thought you were funny, and then we can have all this stuff in there, so that would be wonderful. Hey, boy, thanks, everybody. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy these uh, conversations with all these wonderful listeners, and I, I appreciate all of you for sitting on the front porch with Karen and me. And it, My mother, uh, I love my mom, and my mother loved reading Dear Abby's column in the newspaper, and also the column by Abby's sister, Ann Landers. And, oh, she'd read those, and sometimes she'd read it out loud to us just to, to let us know that uh, we weren't such knuckleheads because there's these other people walking the earth at the same time we were. People had a lot of troubles they took to Abby and Ann. It was just incredible what they would write about in those. Today, not so much, because we have social media. People put everything on there. But back then, to share some of the things they shared in newspapers. But the twin sisters had their own problems. They didn't get along, Abby and Ann. Just, you know, they were born in Sioux City, Iowa, and their first names were Esther. She became Epi and Pauline. And Epi was Ann Landers, and Pauline was Abigail Van Buren. One of my favorite songwriters, and Karen, you're so nice to play him quite often, John Prine wrote a song titled Dear Abby, and a refrain in that tune is, Unhappy, unhappy, you have no complaint. You are what you are, and you ain't what you ain't. So listen up, Buster, and listen up good. Stop wishing for bad luck and knocking on wood. I think that's good advice. I've never asked Ann, Abby, Esther, Pauline, Epi, Abigail, or John for advice. <laughs> because there's no need. The world is full of people willing to give advice without being asked. But we want some advice, so please help Jack May if you have anything out there. If uh, we don't care if uh, you're a columnist offering advice, it just we'd like something that would work for Jack. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, remember, Heartland is well worth driving past. Uh, get out there and do something wild today. Look at a bird. Look for a killdeer, because they should be showing up anytime, and also red-winged blackbirds should start 
showing up in our yards and maybe an eastern bluebird. So, Karen, thank you as always for your wonderful company. Well, Al, thank you. It's great to chat with you. We'll be back again next week. Have a great rest of your week.